Hello guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. The topic for today is prayer. Prayer is a big topic, and it's a topic that sometimes is overlooked, you know, in teaching in the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God. Prayer is essential to every ministry, to every relationship with Christ, is essential to everything that we need. Um, from the kingdom of God is activated through prayer. It's activated through spoken word as God uh, created the world and brought it into existence with words. Prayer is essential, is vital in your walk with Christ. And today I want to talk about some key points that the Holy Spirit has given me regarding prayer. Prayer is powerful it's it's the word of God and it's the only thing that can defeat the devil is the word of God. So today we're going to be talking about some strategies on our prophetic prayers. We're going to be talking about um, some things that bring release and bring breakthrough. We're going to be talking about some hindrances, what hinders prayers, um, and uh, some other things. So stay tuned, guys. You don't want to miss this one. This is a really good. Um, this is going to be a really good teaching. God told me I was uh, in the shower and he's like, I want you to teach on prayer. I was like, okay. So here we are. We're teaching on prayer by via the Holy Spirit. So we let the Holy Spirit take over and we let him teach because he's the teacher. He's the wisdom. He is our everything. He's everything. So let's talk about it. Let's start with prayer. So prayer in its simplest and shortest form, guys, here is talking to God. That's it. Prayer is talking to God. And the reason why I want to keep it really simple and simplistic is because sometimes we can over-spiritualize or we can over-spiritualize uh, uh, the things of God and make it out to be the boogeyman and real deep, you know, but, but prayer is simply just talking to God. But there are strategies that God will give you, you know, by the via the word of God. He'll give you the strategies and he'll give you the arsenal and he'll give you and equip us to um, pray effective prayers. Because sometimes you can pray a prayer, but the prayer ain't getting through. So today we want to pray, learn how to pray effective prayers for the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail much. They avail much. That means they are powerful. That means they are they, they wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness, okay? So I want to start off uh, with a dream that I had uh, regarding this. So on October 22nd, I actually had a vision. So um, what ended up happening uh, to uh, when the vision, after the vision came, that what happened prior to that was I was um, um, had my grandbaby over and she was visiting and um, she still doesn't have the concept of how to blow her nose, okay? So her nose was very stopped up because my son said the night before or the day before she went and got a flu shot. So that Saturday when she came to me, she kind of had a stuffy nose and it was to the point where she couldn't really even breathe out of her nose. She had to, you know, keep opening her mouth and because she didn't know how to blow her nose, I know I'm going somewhere with this, guys. That turned into this. So... It was nighttime. It was time to go to bed, but because her nose was so clogged up and I had no Sudafed, I had nothing on hand, you know, for that um, release for her. I was just like, oh my God, how in the world is she going to even sleep? 
So, you know, immediately I, I go to prayer and prayer should be one of the first things that we do. I hear people sometimes they'll say prayer, you know, well, all we can do is pray. Well, well that's the best thing to do <laughs> because prayer can go into dimensions, into places that we can't go. Not to mention it's powerful and it's effective and it works. So she was going off to sleep and um, I was still awake watching TV and she sleeps with me. So, and so she was, uh, I was watching her in her sleep and she was having such a hard time to breathe, to breathe. And I just seen her like, she woke up crying because she, of course she couldn't breathe because she's, her nose is so congested. So I set her up and I positioned her, you know how sometimes when you lay down all of the drainage tends to running down your ears into your throat and it goes into a whole big to do when it's at nighttime. For some reason at night, that cold and that sickness get even worse. Have you noticed that? So I just, just decided to pray over her because then after I repositioned her and laid, laid her down, I, um, she got off to sleep and I, I said a prayer over her really good. You know, she was kind of crying a little bit cause she couldn't breathe, but, and she, it was a silence. It was as if her nose was not even stopped up. Now it was still stuffy, but it wasn't what well, she couldn't breathe and her mouth wasn't open. So I was like, wow. You know, so I prayed over her and I just kept watching TV. So as I, we laid there, whatever, after that, maybe I want to say a few minutes after that, I had a vision. And the vision, I began to hear it first before I actually saw the vision. So the vision went, it was different, but it was God. And it went a little something like this. It went, I felt, I heard uh, what sounded like door bars opening and doors, heavy doors slamming, like something of a, a palace or a or a dungeon or a jail cell or something to that magnitude. And I'm listening at this and immediately I'm in a vision, I'm dropped in a vision and I can see nothing but it was dark. And then all of a sudden what illuminated was me and my grandbaby. So I immediately seen her, she was in a vision with me. And there was a reason for that. And so I kept hearing like, boom, boom. And I kept hearing like stuff was opening and I immediately um, sensed in the spiritual realm that the floor beneath us, it was the sound of an earthquake. It was like the floor was moving and the bed began to move as if it was going towards the window. And so there, but there was a calm about it. There was not no fear. There was not, I was just very calm and I was just letting the vision take its course. And then when I, the, what illuminated in color was me and my grandbaby and we were moving underneath in like as if the floor was moving and the whole bed was going towards the wall. And immediately the vision left. I said, what in the world was that, right? So what ended up happening was, of course, you know, I ran, ran the Holy Ghost down on that one. So I was like uh, thinking about it, you know, and then um, before I had a chance to process that, the next day I had another vision, but that was something totally different. That's, you know, something totally different. And so I was like, well, wait a minute, what was that first vision all about? I immediately heard the Holy Spirit say so loud in my spirit, Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. Let's go there. So we know the story about Paul and Silas about midnight. Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 16 and verse 25 were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly 
there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. This is what I heard, guys, and seen. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loosed. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. There's so much meat in that because even though Paul, the, the prisoner doors flew open, they didn't walk out until they got the okay from the, the guard. Authority, understanding your position, understanding just because I'm not even going to get into that, but there's a, that's a word in and of, of itself because they could all just ran out once the doors open, but he waited because there was purpose in that for the, for the jailer. So he said, Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and silence. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is a season that we are in, guys, that your prayers are going to shake the foundations. And not only are you going to and your family going to be free, but it's going to bring freedom to everyone that's around you. If you're in the workplace, if you're in the business, if you own a business, if you are in the church, if you are out of the church, if you are visiting people, wherever the, you are, the kingdom of God is present. And God has showed me, he said, what you heard was the foundations from the results of your prayers when you prayed over your grandbaby. So when I prayed over my grandbaby, he immediately showed me what happened in the spiritual realm. It was like the foundations moved, heaven and earth moved. And remember what I said, it was like she went to sleep and it was like a silent and she was able to just fall asleep without all of the struggling she was doing at first and waking up crying because she couldn't breathe. She didn't blow her nose. Nothing, nothing about that whole scene changed other than the fact that I prayed over her. And it was a reason why God showed me her in the vision because she was a part of what God was talking about, which was the healing that took place. He just showed me what happens when we pray, guys. And even though in the natural realm, we can't see what happens. There's so many things that are taking place when we pray effective prayers, when our prayers are powerful and they are quick. And things happen suddenly. Even with Daniel, remember when Daniel prayed and asked for the interpretation and he had to wait 21 days? The, the, the messenger, Gabriel, the angel said, God heard you the first time you, you asked him. <laughs> so when we pray, our prayers are powerful. And even though we don't see anything going on in the natural, it's a whole lot going on in the spiritual realm. And so that's what God wanted to show me that the foundations, because immediately in my spirit, when I was in the vision, I immediately said, this is an earthquake to myself. I can feel the floors moving and the, and the, I can hear. And when I tell you, your hearing is on 10 guys, you see clearly it's in color and the hearing is on 10. That's a whole nother story for when people think that when you die, there's nothing else to it and there's lights out. I'm here to tell you your spiritual senses are magnified. Once you come out of this body, it's magnified and you can see clearly, you can hear clearly, you can smell, you have all your senses. So God showed me what happens when we pray, right? So let's talk about prayer. Let's talk about prayer in an unconventional way as well. Because God is going to give us strategies. He's going to give us direction in this, in this teaching. So in prayer, when we pray, there's protocol to prayer. 
right? And the first thing that I want to say is, because I'm looking at my notes here, the first thing I want to say is, not only is there protocol in prayer, but there's actually, the protocol involves spontaneity. So you have protocol, but you also have the spontaneity that when you move and you flow, you flow with the Holy Ghost. And it's so important that we do this. It's so important that we don't box him in. It's so important that we just move and flow in him and have our being and we don't get jammed up in a, uh, a tradition or we don't get jammed up in a religious ritual versus a true authentic relationship and prayer that brings about change. Excuse me. So and let's talk about some scriptures on prayer. So the first thing, you know, I went to Matthew 6 and 5 and it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So, it's so many prayers. We could talk about, you know, the people that want to be seen, those type of prayers. You know, the people that want to, you know, put on a show. You know, the people that want to be on the street, they want to be seen because they want attention drawn to them. They want to street preach and they want to go on the corners because they want to record and they want you to see that, see, I'm so, you know, holy and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But I'm here to tell you that prayer, God said to me, he said, it's not about a formality. It's not about a formality. It's practicing the presence of God, spontaneous prayers and taking off restrictions from the Holy Spirit. So it's not about a formality. It's not about a, it's not about a um, body posture. So some people feel like, you know, you got to get on your knees and you got to be in that prayer position because if you don't do that, then you're not, you're not in prayer. But I'm here to tell you God is more interested. He told me <laughs> so many years ago, you know, because I used to do the formality of getting on my knees and pray. And that's cool because we respect God and we revere him. And sometimes I do. But sometimes God says, just because you see someone in prostrated in a prayer position doesn't mean they're getting through. I'm going to say that again. Just because you see somebody prostrated in a prayer position doesn't mean they're getting through, that their prayers are getting off the ground. Because God says it's not about a body posture, but it's about a heart posture. Because you could be bent down in a prayer position, but if your heart is not bent down, and submit it, then that's a whole different story. Your prayers are still not getting through. You can do it to be seen, you know what I'm saying? So it always has to be just flowing with the Holy Spirit because sometimes God will have me even praying, speaking in the spirit while I'm driving, you know, and if I see an accident on the street, it's all about practicing the presence of God no matter where you are. And it calls for uh, you to allow the Holy Spirit to flow and not put them in a box. That we only pray on Sundays or we only pray in the morning or we only pray. I'm here to tell you if I'm watching the news, I pray. If I'm driving, I'm praying. If my baby, grandbaby got a cold, I'm praying. If I see something and the Holy Spirit give me the unction, baby, for the function, I'm praying. Because you can't box them in. And that's what you call 
practicing the presence of God. It's not about you praying for an hour a day. It's not about any of that because if your heart is not submitted and postured, you can be bent over and heart can be standing straight up in pride. So that doesn't even matter. God is more concerned about the inward man. Man look at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about um, um, prayer and how powerful it is. And I'm going to keep flowing in this vein. Let's talk about some hindrance, hindrances to prayer, to an effective prayer life. You got some hindrance that, that come because some people think that they pray only, they, uh, they only pray when they're in trouble. They only pray when they need something from God. I talk about that all the time. The people who follow Jesus for the two fish and the five loaves, right? Only when something happens bad, they want everybody to band, to band together in prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that because I believe God is merciful and he hears us and he meets us right where we are. And that's cool. But I want God, even when nothing is wrong, I want him to know that he, his presence matters, even when nothing is happening. Even when I'm in a good mood, I want to say, thank you, Lord. I want to worship him in spirit and in truth, even when nothing does. You know, I used to say this as a little girl, Lord, don't let nothing to have to happen to me for me to know that you are real. I used to say this all the time. Even as a little girl, because I noticed that people only call on God when something happens. And that's cool because he's merciful and he still got you, right? But at the end of the day, I want God to know, and it's just like with any relationship that you would be in with people, you want them to know that just because, I love you just because, nothing, it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day, it doesn't have to be uh, anything happening today. I just want you to know that I value you and I appreciate you. And that's how that's what it, that's what it means to practice the presence of God. And when you make God a priority in your life, he make you a priority. I'm going to say that again. When you make God a priority and you practice his presence, that means that I'm aware of his surroundings, even when I'm not in church, even when I'm not in my prayer closet, even when I'm in the grocery store, I'm practicing his presence because I know that the holy angels are there. They write everything down. Let me tell you what happened to me. I was at a conference years ago, back in 2012, I believe. I was at a conference um, and I was with my mentor at the time. And I was, you know, at the conference, you know, I take out my notebook and I'm writing down notes back then. We didn't really use phones. So 2012, I had a phone, but I was still writing in my notebook. So um, I'm writing in my notebook and um, we at this conference and I'm writing, I'm writing. Conference was over and she told me, she said, there was an angel of the Lord standing over you. I said, well, what was he doing? She said, he was uh, looking at everything that you was writing down in your notebook. And he said he was just looking, looking at what you were writing during the conference. Everything we do, this is why I say you might as well come clean. You can't get away from them, guys. This is why it's so imperative that we be so authentic. And I, and I believe the more authentic you are with God, the more revelation you'll have, not only in his word, but the more he reveal his ways. The more he reveals secrets. The Bible says there's a God in heaven that reveals secrets. God is a revealer of secrets. What do I mean when I say that? That means God will start revealing things to you that the masses don't have access to. Because you made him a priority or you practicing his presence. So some things that will hinder our prayers is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin is one of the things that would hinder our prayers. 
The Bible says, you know, it's better to confess it than to conceal it, that those that conceal their sin, they will not have mercy. But those that, that repent and they reveal their sin, God shows mercy on those that basically are living transparent life, right? Another thing that hinders our prayers is a lack of faith, a lack of faith. This is my prayer. Pray, pray that we not only have the faith in God, but we have the faith of God. It's not so much to just have faith in God, but have the faith of God. So I pray, Lord Jesus, I receive the faith of Jesus. I receive the faith that, I, Lord, I, help me to see people the way you see them. Help me to see the circumstance the way you see it. Help me to see your kingdom and give me revelation the way you see it. That has always been my prayer. The Holy Spirit has unctioned me to do that, to say that. Because I want to see things the way God see it. Because sometimes my vision and my emotions can be totally off. But that's the way you, you, you be more accurate and you see things the way God see them. Then you have more compassion. And you have more patience and, you, and the fruit of the spirit emerges when you see things the way God see them. Because even though you may see something with the physical eye in the spiritual realm, it may be something totally different. And that's where we get discerning of spirits. That's where we get discernment. When we're able to see things the way God sees them. That's what that's all about. So we, <coughs> excuse me, so we not only have the faith, the faith in God, but the faith of God's. So God, give me the faith the way you have faith. Give me the faith of Jesus. So the next thing is a hindrance is disobedience. Disobedience will hinder your prayers every time. It will hinder your prayers. Lord, why my prayers are not being answered? And it's that little small fox that spoils the vine, the Bible says. It's them things that's insignificant, right? Let's go to the next one. A lack of transparency with God and with others. Um, I'm going to go to, and I wasn't expecting to say this either. I'm going to go to, uh, when I got ordained back in 2003 as a deacon. And the reason why I tell you personal things that happened in my life, because I want to want you to see how I relate things to my relationship with God. Right? So I go back to 2003 when I got ordained and I heard, uh, 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 when I got, they, we were prophesied over by different prophets at that time. One of the prophets said to us, and I'm, when I say us, I say me and my sister, because we got a prophecy together and we got a prophet, you know, we got words separately as well. She said, what I see is how some people are different at work and some people are different at church and some people are different and just based on the company that they keep. She said, but you guys are consistent. Your, your walk is consistent. Meaning you're not something different, she said. God says that you're not something different when you're at church versus when you're when you are at home. Basically, transparency, a lack of transparency, realness with God. Being being fake will not get your prayers answered. Because God sees the heart. He goes and searches. The Bible says the Holy Spirit searches the deep things about us. Even things about us we don't recognize or see, God searches those inner parts. The Bible says he desires truth in our inward parts. So a lack of transparency with God and with others, being who you are, the same 
whether you at home, you at church, you in front of the YouTube channel camera, what you see with me is what you get. This is it. There's nothing else to see. There's not a different me outside of this camera. And anybody can tell you that. This is it, this is it guys. <laughs> I don't have nothing else. You know, because some people can have a personality, a chameleon, depending on what, what the climate of the room is, right? Now, I believe there's a um, purpose and a time and place for everything in terms of business and in terms of, you know, um, taking care of things, you know, and being professional, you know, but the character should still align with whatever you're doing, whether it be in business, whether it be in ministry, whether it be in your uh, social friendships or relationships, you are who you are, no matter if the camera is on you or off of you. This is why I like to be relatable and transparent because at the end of the day, it's about him and what he sees. So if I'm acting the fool off the camera, this is, it's, it's about him, not about people. The other thing that would hinder your prayers is unforgiveness. The Bible talks about forgiveness big time when it talks about if you don't forgive others, your heavenly father won't forgive you. And I talk about this in other videos about forgiveness um, forgiving people for their sin against you so that your father in heaven can forgive you according to Matthew 6 and 14. It talks about that. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So unforgiveness in a nutshell lands you in hell. Drop the charges, let it go. No matter how painful, no matter how horrible, God is your vindicator. He is your judge. He will deal people and deal with people in their own time, in his time. Let it go. Start praying for people. Pronounce blessing over them until it becomes real. Go to the next one. Wrong motives. When your motives are not right in prayer, our prayers have no power. James 4 and 3 says, when you ask, do not, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Is it all about you, 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 you? Is your prayers all about you, you, you? Or get this person together, get that person together. Yeah, that spouse of mine, get him together, get her together. Is it all about you when you ask with the wrong motives? Because I told you about me, guys. When I pray, pray for my ex-husband, what did God say? I'm going to deal with you. God puts the mirror on you. This is why when you hear people and they have things to say about other people, typically God is probably putting a mirror on yourself. And I'm not talking about things that people are wrongfully doing to you because people do wrongful things to you. But sometimes in that, God will show us things about us. We do things the same, but just in a different way. And God would just have us, you know, you, just, you might as well just go ahead and forgive them because in some other way or shape or form, you've done the same thing to somebody else. And if you haven't, that's, you know, it's not saying that you all, that's all the time that you are doing the same thing as that person is doing because God is showing you. Because sometimes God will just reveal the character of a person to you. But even in that, he's calling you to either pray for them or he's calling, he's trying to show you something because he wants to remove you from that situation. Number seven, idols in our lives. Ezekiel 14 and 13, it said, clearly shows the negative effect of anything that comes between a person and God. It says, son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. Should I let them inquire of me at all? 
God's, God does not even want an idol worshiper to talk to him. On the other hand, when we remove idols from our lives, we become ripe for a personal revival. One way to know that something in your life is an idol is to ask yourself, would I be willing to give this thing up if God asked me to? Look honestly at your career, possessions, and family. If there are things you wouldn't release to God, then they are blocking access to him. Remove the idols. What is an idol? I spoke about this in my video called subliminal idolatry. Anything that takes your eye off God. And I even said the sub, one, of the, the, one of the subliminal things the Holy Spirit highlighted was children. People worship those kids. <laughs> they worship those kids. And I'm not even talking about just worshiping kids, you know, in terms of trying to live through them. But I've even seen grown adults worship their kids. Like they put their kids so far on the pedestal. The pedestal has surpassed God. It's more so about what they adult children feel about something than more so than what God feels about something. So God can give you a word of instruction, but let me run this by my, my adult child first because he runs all my affairs or she runs all my affairs. God has to be first. He said, if you love your parents more than me or your kids more than me, you're not worthy of me. The next thing is disregard for others. That's what scriptures tells tells us if we disregarding others john 13 and 34 jesus said a new command that i give you love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another you have to love your neighbor as yourself there is no other way because that is the fulfillment of the law when you love people you do right by them when you love people you give when you love people you respect them when you love people you're kind to them when you love people you sow into them when you love people, you see them the way God sees them. You have mercy. With what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. How big is your measuring stick? That's what's going to be measured back to you. Do you only have mercy on those that you love? Or do you have mercy on those that that is hateful or persecuting you? With what measure you use, when it's time for you to get, be shown mercy, God is going to show you that measuring stick that you show to someone else. This is why I overextend myself. I go up past my emotions and, I, and it's not easy. I'm telling you guys, I'm not saying all of this because everything is so easy. I'm telling you, it's been snot and crying and tears, baby. And, and and crawling. Do you hear me? Because you have to push past them emotions. Them emotions will have you jacked up. Because you have to push past. And once you push past the demonic things and push past the resistance of, of, of the enemy, then the grace comes in and to help you to do it with no problem. But you got to make the decision, right? And also a disregard for God's sovereignty is a hindrance to prayers. When Jesus showed the disciples how to pray, the first thing he did was teach them to honor God for who he is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a clear acknowledgement that God is in charge, that he is sovereign, and it established our relationship with him, that of a child under the authority of his father. Anytime we disregard the divine order of things, we are, we, we are out of bounds and we hinder our relationship with our heavenly father. So we wanted to to revere him as being such. The Bible says that those that come to God must first believe that he is. 
<laughs> you first got to believe that he is before you can even acknowledge him, that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. The other thing that will hinder your prayers is an unsurrendered will. A person whose will is surrendered to God has a relationship with him similar to the one described in the parable of the vine and the branches. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. This was in John 15 and 7. The branch depends on the vine and lives in one, in one accord with it. In return, the vine provides it with everything it needs and the result is great fruit, fruitfulness. There are great benefits of surrendering your will to God. One is that God promises to answer your prayers and grant your requests. Another is that we, we get to receive the power of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, let's talk about tongues. Let's talk about speaking in tongues, getting your prayer language, your heavenly language. Guys, this is paramount. This is paramount for power. This is paramount for revelation. Does it, is it required to be saved? No, guys, it's not. It's not a requirement to speak in tongues to be saved. And you've seen that on the cross. You had two thieves on either side of Jesus. Jesus said to one, today you will be with me in paradise. The one who had the revealed knowledge of who he was and believed in him was going to be with Jesus in paradise. Today, Jesus said. He didn't get off the cross and say, Lord, I got to tarry and get tongues first. Because some Christians and some believers will have you think that in order for you to be saved, that you have to have the gift of speaking in tongues, right? Not so. Not true. There are scriptures that talk about speaking in tongues, right? Let's, uh, let's look at that. Um, let's look at that. Because uh, in the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 4, it says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then 1 Corinthians 14 says, so if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquires or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? That's just one version of it. And then Mark chapter 16 uh, verse 17 says, and these signs will accompany, accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. So these are signs of a believer right? These are not things that have gone away with the apostles that have gone away with the book of Acts. Speaking in tongues is going to be paramount to your um, destiny and your revealed knowledge of who God is. Speaking in tongues is amazing. It's amazing. And I'm just going to tell you my little short story. My little short story with speaking in tongues is I got speaking in tongues in my bed, right? I got saved in my room in um, uh, 2000. And um, shortly after that, I prayed next to God. I want the gift of speaking in tongues, right? So I prayed. Wasn't no fire. Did no fire drop down from heaven? I just simply prayed a prayer and just say, Lord, give it to me. And then what begins to happen is you release your faith with it, right? So if you are a believer and you don't have the gift of, and the power of the Holy Spirit um, speaking in tongues as evidence, you know, of, of being a signs of being a believer. The Bible says, you know, these signs will accompany, accompany those who believe you want that gift guys. 
there is major power. And I tell people, the more words you have, the more power you have in the word of God. The less words you have, the less power you have. It's kind of like anything, you know, military style. The more weapons you have, the better your arsenal is, the more you um, strategies God give you, and the more things you have, the better equipped and the better uh, and the more successful you're going to be in defeating the enemy. Because when we speak in tongues, we don't pray to men, but we speak in directly to God. So I'm going to talk about some of the things the Holy Spirit said to me while I was writing this stuff down. The Holy Spirit says, heavenly tongues, right? Um, you bypass in reason and logic, right? Because faith begins where logic ends. Reason and logic has its place, right? We use it. God gave us reason and logic because it has its place, right? But sometimes with spiritual things, you have to bypass that reason and logic because it will keep you ensnared and entrapped sometimes when you're trying to discern the things of the spirit. Things of the spirit can only be discerned by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes God has to bypass our reason and logic. And we know that because we get dreams, right? God seals our ears with the instruction as we sleep, according to Job 33 and 14. He seals our ears with the instruction, though man may not perceive it. So instruction may come, right? That's, way, that's a way of an answer prayer, by the way, <laughs> a dream, an instruction. So we, it bypasses reason and logic when you're speaking in tongues. Um, God is giving you downloads. He's giving you prayer strategies. And what I began to do is when he, when I prayed that prayer, I released my faith. And I had two words at the time when I first started speaking in tongues. And I can tell you it was ebo bobo sha da 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 da. That's all I had. And I ran this by some other believers, more mature believers, and they was like, okay, that's it. You got it. Just keep speaking those two words. And as you speak those two words, God will give you more. As you speak, and that's exactly what happened. The more you use it, the more it magnifies and it grows. And the more you don't use it, it doesn't grow. You'll still have them two words 20 years later if you start back speaking in tongues and you stop. So if you're speaking in tongues now and 20 years later from now, you st you haven't used it. You starting with them two words, baby. So what, what, what you, where the focus goes, the anointing flows, right? Where the focus goes. So you focus and you, and you pray in your heavenly language and you, and if God give you two words, he give you one word, be faithful over those two words. And as you speak in tongues, you'll see that other, other language, it'll, it'll, it'll increase and you'll have your heavenly language will start to mature. And as you grow in the spirit of God and you grow in the things of God, the language increases and it matures and it sounds more mature. Now, have I heard people talk, speak in tongues, and they said they had the gift of speaking in tongues and it really wasn't of God? I absolutely have. It's something about your spirit bearing witness with the spirit of God and others. So I've heard people that blah, 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 sound like they babbling, but it's not of God. So there are faith tongues, and come on, and there are real tongues. I've heard, you know, the enemy, he imitates everything that God creates. So you'll have people that speak in tongues, say they speak in tongues, but it's really not. And how you know, it, I have no idea. It's just that you know when you hear it that it's not of God. That it's not, it, and even if your tongues sound different from another believer's, but they have real tongues, you know that that's still God. It's, it's amazing how you just know this. But like I tell people, some things can be caught, some things can be taught, 
But something's going to have to be just experience, guys. You're just going to have to experience it. So speaking in tongues, you know, throughout that process, I get downloads from God. You know, sometimes when I'm speaking in tongues, I can hear the interpretation. Um, I can be speaking in tongues and I can hear it in, in English, right? I can hear it in English. And then sometimes when I'm speaking in tongues, I see visions, like mind's eye visions, not open eye visions in my mind. And I can tell I'm praying for a particular person, praying for the United States, praying for Israel, praying for this when I'm speaking in tongues. And then sometimes when I'm speaking in tongues, I'm singing in tongues. And then sometimes I'm speaking in tongues, I'm crying and I don't even know what I'm saying. You know, I just feel the presence of God come upon me and I'm crying. And sometimes I'll just start singing and even rapping sometimes. And this is what I mean about allowing the Holy Spirit to flow. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In verse in John chapter 7, verse uh, 38, it says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Um, and I, And I say this all the time. I'd rather pray five minutes of sincere prayer than an hour of religious, religious jargon. I'm going to say that again. It's not how long you pray, but it's the sincerity. So I'd rather pray five minutes of a sincere prayer than to think that I have to be on my knees for an hour in order for that to satisfy God. Because it's not by works. And let me just say this about prayer. The redemptive work of the cross is the only thing that allows us access into the throne of God. It's not by works. It's not by how great we are, how kind we are to people, how good we are, how perfect we are, because there's no such thing. It's only by the redemptive work of the cross that we are allowed access to the throne of grace. And if you think it's anything outside of the blood of Jesus or the redemptive work of the cross, you might want to repent and get back in line because it has nothing to do with works. It has nothing to do with how eloquent we speak. God will take them, them, them simple, sincere five minutes of prayer and over the one hour of saying things, like he said, don't be like the hypocrites when you pray just so that they can be seen or, or saying things just because you think you want to be, um, that God is hearing you. So out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, okay? So we we must not only have the faith in God, but we must have the faith of God when we're praying. The kingdom of God is voice activated by speaking God's word. What works in one kingdom can also work in the other kingdom. So just as you're releasing the word of God and you're praying and things are happening in the spiritual realm, when you speak the word of God, you're creating, Right? You're speaking and you know that this is why we have to speak the oracles and we have to speak what God wants us to say, because depending on what you say, your words can activate the angels or they can activate demons. That's powerful. When you pray, your words can either activate angels or they can activate demons. You want God's word. The, the Bible says the angels of the Lord hearken to the word of the Lord. That means that it's not about you, boo. That means that it's not about us. That's, that means it's not about how great we are. They only commission and they're hearkening to the word of the Lord. That's very important because what you speak can either activate demons or it can activate angel armies of the living God. 
You have to decide. The Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue. And those that love it will eat its fruit. The fruit of the spirit is what you want to speak. Because the kingdom of darkness is waiting. And they're waiting to create, to, to activate on your behalf as well. So that's vitally important. So, and it's all about having a personal relationship, speaking the word of God. And I just want to make sure I get everything that he told me to say. Allow, this is what the Holy Spirit says. He says, allow the Holy Spirit to have freedom and free reign in your life. Sometimes, sometimes God will give you the revelation and foresight that the masses don't have. Go with the Holy Spirit and not the masses. Sometimes God will give me a revelation that is before my time or he'll give me a revelation about a situation and you'll try to bring that revelation to someone else and they'll say, oh, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the case. So I don't think that's, and you know, you got a word from the Lord. So God, so the Holy Spirit is saying, allow the Holy Spirit to have freedom and free reign in your life. Sometimes God will give you revelation and foresight that he don't give other people. And it doesn't mean that they're uh, less spiritual than you. It's just all about our spiritual growth and maturity and where we are with him. We want to be in sync. We want to be walking in the spirit. We want to be in the rhythm. We want to be in the rhythm of God, right? We want to move in him and have our being. So flowing with the Holy Spirit is vitally important in prayer, right? Sometimes others will confirm and sometimes signs and wonders will confirm. Not necessary, not necessarily a person. So sometimes God will confirm things through the through a dream, through the Holy Spirit, or through a sign or a wonder, literally a sign. <laughs> and sometimes he'll confirm through people, but he don't all, all the time confirm through people. So when you're looking for answers to prayers, don't just look for him to confirm through people, but look for him to confirm in any way he see fit because he's God. He can do whatever he want to do. And if he decides to confirm it through a YouTuber, if he decides to confirm it through a baby that's five years old, through a man on the street, a complete stranger, if he decides to confirm it through a dream or a vision, allow the Holy Spirit to flow, flow in sync with God. Don't box him in. Because the more you flow with God, the more you'll get, the more you receive, the more he'll give you. So if you if you box him in and you say, okay, he can only speak at this time and I can only pray at this time and I, I got to do it this way, then you just cut off 90% of God because God don't answer to us. He don't, we don't, we don't, uh, we not, we not on, we on his timeline. He's not on ours. So allow him to have free reign and free access. And he also says, God anoints and uses whomever he chooses messengers and character are two different things. You will know the tree by its fruit, plain and simple. I'm going to say that again. God anoints and uses whoever he chooses. That I just said he can talk to a stranger on the street to give you an answer. He can talk to a child. He can talk through a sign, a wonder, a dream, a vision, a pastor, an apostle, however he sees fit. But he anoints and uses whoever he chooses, a donkey messengers and character. The messenger and the character are two different things. You will know a tree by its fruit, plain and simple. Don't overcomplicate this part. 
If you're looking for an answer, but you don't see that fruit of the spirit, then it's not God. Kingdom, the light and darkness cannot commingle, baby. No matter how we try to explain things or make things right or make things look the way we want them to look, you can't mix the two. There's no light and darkness, period. Don't, over, don't overthink that. It is what it is, plain and simple. That is our word today on prayer. I pray that you are changed. I pray that God's word is the final authority. I pray that you know that when your prayers are powerful, quick, and God's word is working, and that as believers we create, when we open our mouth and we begin to speak the word of God, it sets things in motion. And you have to know that you want the angels of the Lord on assignment for you and not the kingdom of darkness because they can get on that assignment for you as well. It depends on what you come, what's coming out of your mouth. So God is saying in this hour, repentance, that's huge. The, the hindrances to prayers, that's huge. All these things enter into his courts with thanksgiving and with worship, right? And know out of everything that I said, if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit and you want the gift of the evidence of speaking in tongues, I just release that over you right now. And I decree and declare that, Lord, whoever is listening under the sound of my voice, if they desire that gift, I pray that your Holy Spirit will empower them with the gift of speaking in tongues. That you said that these signs will accompany and follow those that believe in your name. They will speak in other tongues. And it's just that simple, saints. So just as you are a citizen, you have dual citizenship on earth, you know, you have dual citizenship because you are a believer in the kingdom of God, you also have a heavenly language. And whatever country you go to, just know they all have their, they have their own languages and it's no different for the kingdom of God. Because we are part of the kingdom of God, you're going to have your own language, the heavenly language, speaking in tongues. Get your revelations, get your downloads. Get the power of the anointing and get the Holy Spirit on the inside of you with fire baptism. Because God says, ask my daughter, my son, and it shall be given. It's not complicated and don't over-spiritualize it. If he give you one word, speak that one word. If he give you two, speak two. But by all means, where the focus goes, the anointing flows. So if you focus on it, it will grow. And you will begin to get new dimensions, deeper depths, higher heights. The movement and momentum will come. God will begin to um, build you up in your most holy faith. And he will begin to show you things that you hadn't ordinarily seen if you didn't have it. So I just want to say, I pray um, the blessings of the Lord upon you, that his face may shine upon you. And that this is the, the teaching of today. And it is all about prayer. And it's all about him. So thank you for listening. Like, comment, share, and subscribe, guys, because God is on the move, and I cannot wait to see what he's getting ready to do in 2023. We are on the brink of something huge and something wonderful. I saw gifts from heaven. I saw visions of gifts falling down from the sky, big and small, some spiritual gifts and natural gifts. God is on the move. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Until the next time, I will see you guys in the next video and I love you much. Bye loves.